and this week's episode of First Time Moms Chat, I'm chatting with midwife Bo Wilson about active birthing. I'm a big fan of holistic solutions and was fascinated when Bo told me all about the holistic childbirth education and support that she provides to families. I particularly like the way in which she empowers both the mums and partners that she trains so they are prepared for the birth process with a good degree of confidence. During our chat, you'll hear Bo talk about the process of active birthing, including its many benefits, such as the advantages of being active and upright and mobilising the pelvis during the birth process, the many advantages of having a water birth for both mother and baby, and you'll hear all about the process, the advantages of a delayed umbilical cord camping, how homeopathy can help mums have more control over their birth experience and treat things that they wouldn't be able to do in conventional medicine, and so, so much more. I'm Helen Thompson, and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby massage instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Bo and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm delighted to be chatting with you. Midwives perform such an important role in birth. And I'm looking forward to hearing about what you do. Can you please start by telling us about your background and what you do? Thanks, Helen. It's a real pleasure to be here. So I've been working with women in pregnancy, labour, birth and the postpartum period for just over a decade now. I was inspired to become a midwife because I saw a a home birth midwife looking after my family, for my younger siblings, and I was very, very intrigued about the whole experience and how amazing it was to have that experience in the home environment. It was very peaceful and calm and, yeah, I was just very intrigued. So I went on to become a midwife and the first birth I attended, I was probably three weeks into my degree Mm -hmm. and I just sat at the back of the room because I was very, very new to it all and I just was completely awe-inspired and I just thought, wow, that was the most miraculous thing I've ever witnessed in my life and the rest is history, really. (laughs) 
Since then, I've worked in lots of different models of care. I've worked with women with healthy pregnancies, having normal physiological labor and births and water births, but I've also worked in more high-risk pregnancy care in large tertiary hospitals with over 3,500 births a year, which was challenging but great learning experience too. Wow, you certainly had a lot of experience there. I think having a midwife who's active and incorporating her skills with the mother when she's having a baby is very important. Yes, and what we see in the research is that when a woman has what's called continuity of care with one midwife throughout their whole pregnancy, labour and birth, the outcomes for the woman and the baby are much improved. In the standard model of care in the public health system in Australia, women will see lots of different midwives at each appointment, different doctors, and in the labour and birth seat when they come in in labour, they will most likely have never met the midwife who looks after them. You can imagine that we do our very best to establish a rapport and work with the couple, but when they're in the throes of labour, it's quite challenging to then be able to meet their unique needs and wishes. You know, every woman is different and what one mum feels as comfortable to her is different for the next mum. As midwives, we take a lot of pride in working with a woman. Actually, the word midwife means with woman, which means hmm. being with the woman and putting her at the front and centre of the care. So that's what our care is all about. And it's incorporating the whole family as well. I think before dads weren't involved, dads were sort of shoved out and told, oh, no, no, you don't outside and pace up and down or go and have a beer or whatever. They weren't encouraged to be involved. And I think more recently, I'd say in the last 20 years, they've been encouraged more to be present at the birth. Exactly, yes. And that is something also that's inspired me to do what I do now. So now I have a private business called Birth to Baby. And so I teach childbirth education. And my main interest is in active birth. So offering women and their partners all of the non-pharmacological tools to manage pain. And a large part of that incorporates having their birth partner there with them to learn about the natural hormonal process of labor, to feel more confident about the woman's body, and to also be there as really close support person through that experience. So yeah, the woman's partner is very much welcomed now. And understandably, some feel a little uncomfortable or unsure, but what I've found once we work with them in the birth classes, the partners come in very unsure. They haven't really had any experience around a birth before, but they come out of the workshops feeling really quite empowered. They know their role and some of the active tools they can use to support their partner. So a lot of the fear reduces as well. Yes, I can imagine. So what are some of the things that they learn to help their partner? Yeah, so it's two facets to active birth. One is that, you know, the woman is an active part of her care. So she is actively making decisions about her care. She's understanding the risks and benefits of all the decisions she makes. 
The other part is that she is active and mobile and upright in the labour and birth experience. So we know that if the woman is active and upright, she's mobilising her pelvis, it's opening the space for baby to descend, and all of that will support the natural hormonal process of labour. So some of the active birth tools that can be used are mobilisation, movement, massage. So in my class, we go through with the woman's birth partner how we can use even light touch massage or lower back massage to relieve the pain. And we learn about the gate theory, which is a theory where if there is some kind of pressure at the gates of the pain pathways to the brain, which is often around the lower back area, if we can put some pressure on that, then we actually block that pathway for the pain to go up and tell the brain that there is pain there. So we do double hip squeezes where we're squeezing the hips together where the partner can actually physically maximize the space in the pelvis for the woman. It's comforting. We use hot massage oil. They can use showers. A lot of women will like to use a pool for water birth or mm -hmm. water yeah. immersion. We learn about acupressure, which is putting pressure on points that can relieve pain or nausea in the body. All of those are great methods. And we also use rebozo, which is a Mexican traditional tool. It's a long fabric cloth woven cotton and it basically sits around either the woman's waist or back in different positions and the birth partner will hold the cloth up and relieve that pressure off the woman's body and also shake it a little so that the baby gets in a really good position for the labour and birth. So they are some of the main tools that we learn about in the birth class. And I give the birth partners a little cheat sheet that they can take home so that they are prompted with all of those tools that are available to them and the partner. So when they're actually giving birth, you mentioned a few techniques when they're moving the hips and getting them to be mobile and walking around and showering. So when they're actually giving birth, can you still use those techniques? Yes, absolutely. And the biggest support for the birth itself is being upright. So if women are allowed to just move their body the way that they intuitively feel they need to, a lot of women will just naturally move into an upright position for the birth either on all fours or kneeling, leaning over a burst ball or something like that. So that's the biggest support for the birth itself. So we can use acupressure for the birth to relieve pain, massage, all of those tools often can be used in the pregnancy to relieve discomforts, but also labour and the birth as well. Yes, I've heard of pregnancy massage and I've heard that that really helps as well. I was just thinking of pregnancy massage, but also thinking of when they're giving birth, because I would have thought that that's so much more natural than epidurals and all the other stuff that you'll get given. And it's more relaxing for the mother because they're relaxing their muscles naturally and they've got their partner to help them there and calm them down. And they've got you lovely midwives also to help them relax as well. Absolutely. Yes. And the big part of what we learn about the hormones of labor is that 
Oxytocin is one of the primary hormones of labor and oxytocin is the hormone of love. It's released in the body in lovemaking and labor and birth and bonding when baby's born and breastfeeding. And we need a never-ending flow of oxytocin for labor to progress. So, yes, as you mentioned, anything that will help the woman to feel relaxed, to feel calm, whether it's massage, relaxation music, acupressure, even the partner's loving embrace or that supportive environment that helps a woman feel physically relaxed, but also in her mind as she feels at ease. Those are all the things that will promote that continued release of oxytocin in the body for labor to progress. Yeah, I know all about oxytocin because I teach baby massage you mentioned the bonding process that's more where I come in with the baby massage side it's the bonding process and the breastfeeding and things like that you mentioned water births as well so I would have thought that for a mom that would be quite relaxing and for the baby when they're born because babies in the womb have got a lot of water in the womb so that when they come out and it's in the water it's probably more natural for them Yes, absolutely. So water births are becoming more common and women are very, very attracted to them because, yeah, as you can naturally imagine, they just do seem to be very soothing and relaxing. And the problem we have, especially in the public health system in Australia, also in private sector, that water birth is not available to a lot of women. Some hospitals might only have one bath for the whole birth suites. There might be six to seven rooms, but only one bath available to all of those women. Also, there's issues with the medical system not supporting water birth and Mm -hmm. suggesting that potentially it's not safe for (laughs) the baby. In the research, there's nothing to say that it is dangerous. What it tells us is that for a healthy woman and baby, a healthy pregnancy and a labor that's progressing well, it's absolutely very, very safe and a very effective way for the woman to manage the pain. As you mentioned, yes, through my observation, a lot of midwives that have worked with water birth, we observe the babies born in water to be be very, very calm babies, at least in those first couple of hours after birth, because that transition from inside the womb is, is smoother. It's from warm water to warm water and no real shock to the baby system. And even... Things like the rest of the environment, often in the water birth setting, the lights are dim. The whole environment is a lot more calming for the woman and, of course, then the baby as well. When I think of a water birth, I envisage a pool of water, like a swimming pool. Yeah. I'm asking this because I don't know. I'm presuming it doesn't have chlorine and all that in it. It's just warm water, not so deep that the baby can drown, but relatively deep so the baby comes out in the water is there any salt or anything in the water no we don't put anything in the water and yes as you mentioned the water is fairly deep we like to have the woman's breasts up to the water line because then she can move around in the water as she needs to even to the last minute at the birth and baby still stays submerged. So we want baby to be born fully in the water for that smooth transition. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then once baby is brought up, often by the mum herself, bringing the baby up to her chest, 
that's when the baby takes its first breath, being exposed to outside of the water environment. It depends on the birth setting, but some hospitals will have an actual bath. Normally, it's a circular bath to give more space for the woman to move and things. Some hospitals, you will need to bring your own blow-up inflatable pool. So there are actually birth pools designed for that. But some people have actually been able to use even like kiddie pools. (laughs) Obviously, the idea is, though, that it's a little bit deeper than your usual sort of little kiddie pool. I'm asking again because I don't know, is the cord cut after the baby is brought up to the breast, to the mum, or is it cut in the water? No, so babies brought up to mother's chest and they take their first breath out in room air. In a hospital environment, in the next few minutes, the woman would be helped out of the bath and then the cord would be clamped and cut and then the delivery of the placenta would come. Often in home birth setting, there's no need to bring the woman out of the bath. We support the woman to just relax in the bath with the baby for those first few moments after birth, and there's no rush in that sense. Often women having a physiological labour and birth and a water birth like that, those women will choose to have what's called delayed cord clamping, which is where the umbilical cord is left intact until the blood flow from mum to baby finishes. That just finishes on its own after three to four minutes after birth. And the aim of that is for baby to get as much of their blood as they can in their body. The research tells us if we wait for that to happen over a couple of minutes, baby can get up to one third more of their total blood volume. Whereas very commonly in a hospital system, once baby's born, we just clamp cut and that blood supply is cut off. And that can be a problem because we do see lots of babies and young children with iron deficiencies. So this is, you know, benefit of delayed cord clamping, allowing baby to get as much of their blood volume as possible. And you mentioned also you're a student of homeopathy and you've been mentioning a lot of natural therapies that you do. So how does homeopathy help with pregnancy? Yeah, so I became interested in homeopathy just under a year after my baby was born, a few years ago now. I learned from a local homeopath about the benefits and I was very intrigued. And I knew about homeopathy decades ago, but I always thought you needed a practitioner to help you and it was quite complex and I thought Mm -hmm. it involved herbal medicines and things like that. So I didn't really realize it was safe for babies and things like that. But when I learned a little bit more about it, I realized that Homeopathy is really energy medicine. So when a remedy is made, the substance that we make that remedy from is actually physically left out of the actual remedy once it's made. So because of that, it doesn't interact with other drugs or it doesn't matter the age of the person who is taking it. It is perfectly fine for newborns to have pregnant women elderly, all of that. So what I realized is that there were so many home uses for it that I could learn to empower myself to look after my new baby. So in that time, I used homeopathy at home for first signs of illness, for snotty noses, congestion, 
for bumps and bruises, I realized, wow, I felt so empowered to have my own way of looking after my baby without having to run down to the doctor as soon as I was concerned. And often when we do see a doctor, they look at the the illness and that's it. They say, mm. look, there's antibiotics for this bronchitis yes. or this yeah. illness. Yeah. There's lots of obviously repercussions with taking a generic antibiotic for a, an illness that is individual to that person. So homeopathy is different in that it addresses the totality of the symptoms of the person. It also considers what makes the person feel a bit better or what makes them feel a bit worse and things like that. So the remedy that's chosen for the person is very, very individualized to them. So, yeah, I couldn't help it. I had to start my studies. To me, it was just a natural transition into bringing more holistic services into my practice as a midwife. And so now there's so many possibilities. There's remedies to encourage the baby to turn, to relax the uterus and help the baby to turn into an optimal position for labour and birth if the woman is worried that baby is breech or posterior. Um, There's remedies for pain relief in labour. Arnica is just an amazing all-round remedy, of course, for bumps and bruises. Very, very good for all women having any birth, whether it be vaginal birth or cesarean. There's obviously a lot of internal tissue damage and things like that and tearing and Arnica just helps tremendously to help the woman recover quicker. And yeah, just a myriad of other remedies that are just so, so helpful and supportive for the woman and the baby. Thank you for sharing that. I'm a great believer in natural therapies and that's why I like the idea of the water births, but also the homeopathy side. That part really intrigues me and I think it's good for mums to be more aware through a midwife what natural products you can use, that you don't have to have all the medical procedures. You can do it naturally. Absolutely, yeah. And this whole idea you know, of me starting my birth education is helping women to feel more empowered and in control. And I think homeopathy just offers that other option for them to have more control over their experience and being able to treat so many things that they wouldn't be able to do in conventional medicine, I guess, yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that. And I know you're in Western Australia. If somebody wanted to get in touch to find out how they can be supported, how can they do that? Absolutely. So my website is www.birthtobaby.com.au and on your Instagram and Facebook, social media, my account is birthtobabyaus for Australia. Yep. Okay, well, well, thank you so much. I've actually learned a lot from you by talking to you about different sort of techniques with midwifery. I like it because, as I said before, it's a natural approach. So thank you for being here on the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Helen. It's been a pleasure. I learned a lot from Berg about active birthing and was particularly fascinated to hear about water birthing and how she has incorporated the use of homeopathy into her teaching to help mums further. I highly recommend checking out her website and her social media and I will include a link to the Births to Baby website and social media in the show notes which can be found at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash one two 
one. On the first time Mums Chat podcast, I've spoken with a number of midwives about supporting births. And I'm regularly asked for tips and suggestions for mums on this topic. Is this an area that you would like to know more about? Or do you have any questions relating to it? If so, I would love to hear from you. You can contact me via email at support at mybabymassage.net. That's support at mybabymassage.net. Next week, I'm chatting with friendship mentor and coach, Emily Siegel, all about putting together a circle of supportive friends. Be sure to listen to this episode when it comes out and please subscribe to First Time Mums Chat via your favourite platform so that you can get quick and easy access to all our episodes when they are live.